0: Here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, and I'm your host, and I'm delighted that you are taking these next few minutes with us as we listen to a wonderful story of God's grace in the life of a young lady by the name of Heather Kesson. Heather, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey.
2: Hi, it's good to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you made it. Drove all the way from across town. Yeah, to be here.
2: Twenty five minutes. Whole Very 20- far. <laughs> Very far. I know. I'm aware.
1: <laughs> from journeys afar, you made yes, it. So yes. we're going to be talking with Heather here in just a few moments. But before we do that, I'd like to invite you today to just go to our website at www org Again, that's www.hopealongthejourney.org. When you get to the website, there will be a screen that will pop up that will say stay in touch. We would love to have you give us your email address so we can put you on the Hope Along the Journey a monthly newsletter. It's got a lot of great information. Um, information that will be on the newsletter, and we'll kind of give keep you in touch with what's going on with Hope Along the Journey Ministries. We also would like for you as well to just drop us a a note sometime. Send me an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, if you'll just, again, look up Hope Along the Journey, you'll find that we're both on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you to connect with us. Again, it's good to have Heather with us today here as we record this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Heather, I just, I'm just i just so delighted that you took this time. I've been looking forward to this. You, not I don't think, are looking as forward to it as I am, but I really am <laughs> glad you're here. Uh, Little known fact is that I had you when you were in college at God's Bible school.
2: Yes, you did. So you might remember part of the story that we're seeing. I do today.
1: remember yeah, part of you it. You were yes. a
2: very big, influential piece. You didn't know it at the time, but you were actually very influential.
1: Yes. So. Well, for those of you that don't know Heather, Heather is uh, a graduate of God's Bible school and college. She lives here in Cincinnati, Ohio. She graduated. As the valedictorian.
2: Okay. Oh, just <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, I did, because I was overachieving. <laughs> there we
1: go. And she currently, of course, lives here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and is involved with what is called Block Ministries, which she will tell a little bit more about that later on. But I'd like for us to journey back to the year 2013. This would have been your senior year in high school. Yep. And this is where the story begins. So, Heather, we're just going to turn it over to you and let you share with our audience what happened in that year that was so life-changing for you in 2013.
2: Oh, a lot of things happened in 2013. Um, I don't know. There, It kind of all came out in the summer. My mom started complaining of these headaches. Um, and as it went into the fall, these headaches got worse um, to the point of she would— uh, being capable of getting out of bed. Um, there would be seasons of vomiting. Um, and then finally she would go to the doctors and they literally would just be like, Oh, it sounds like allergies. And they would Mm. literally give her allergy medicine. Um, and then finally reached a point where she got rushed to the emergency room. And when they got there, they discovered that it wasn't allergies at all, but there was actually a tumor on her brain. And wow. Yeah.
1: How long do they, looking back, do they think maybe that tumor had been there? Was it, was it slow growing, fast growing?
2: It was, they told us, I don't know how long it was going, like how long it had been growing prior, um, but it definitely was a very aggressive form of cancer. They said it was the most one of the most aggressive forms of brain cancer there was. Um, and they did surgery and they removed, I think they said like a walnut-sized tumor, and we were under the impression at that time that that was all there was, and we found out later that that was just one spot that it was actually already compl- like taking over her brain and there were several other places.
1: Wow. Well, that had to be devastating for you all and for a family. How many how many siblings again are in your family?
2: I am one of four sisters. One of
1: four sisters, yeah. yeah. And so when that news came, of course it just totally I suppose at first it didn't seem real even. No. Yeah. No.
2: It was definitely not did not seem real. Um definitely life changing um I don't know. I feel like my senior year of high school did not look like the typical senior year of high school Mm -hmm. because it began a year of caregiving. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: What were some of the, what were some of the things you were experiencing and feeling during that time? Because I'm sure there were a lot of things that were swirling in your heart and mind as this year progressed.
2: Yeah. Um, the thing with mom's sickness is it only just magnified some of the fears that were already had been growing in my heart for a long time. Um, Like in my relationship with God, I had accepted Jesus as a little girl and always loved God. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was this growing fear of just like who he was. And if I was secure in my relationship with him and if he even existed, it got to that point where I was like, there's so much going on. I don't even know Mm -hmm. if he exists. Um, To the point of when mom got sick, I actually blamed myself in my, because I was like, God is probably punishing me, um, for doubting him and for not believing in him and for disobeying him for some sin. I can't, I don't know what I did, but I know I did something. Um, and so then the night that mom rushed to the hospital, I literally was like, I probably did this. I'm not sure how, but I know it's me.
1: I had to be off. Like, you know, I cannot, I can't even begin to imagine what that kind, what kind of, oppression and burden that had to be to be thinking that somehow that God is is punishing my mom because of, of me, which, of course, we know is absolutely wasn't true. No,
2: not true at all.
1: But at the moment, it was very real, wasn't it? Yeah. So that role to be a caregiver, what was that like for you to suddenly, as a high school senior, to have to become possibly your mom's primary caregiver in many ways?
2: Um, yeah, it definitely, it was very isolating and, um, not that, I mean, I loved being able to care for my mom, but it was definitely isolating. Um, and it wasn't just my mom around the time that my mom passed away. My grandma also passed away or not. My mom got sick. My grandma passed away. And so I was caregiving for my grandpa as well.
1: Oh, wow, so yeah.
2: I would spend all my mornings taking care of my grandfather and then I would come home and spend the rest of the day taking care of my mom and the house and the best I could my younger sister.
1: Did that fall your lot out of the fact that there, there just was nobody else or was this something you took on yourself because you felt like it was your role and place to do it?
2: Um, I was the oldest daughter at home at that time. My two mm-hmm. oldest sisters were in college and they didn't as much as they could in that position. Um, so I was the oldest one at home. So I feel like I did take up most of that probably on my own feeling like it was my responsibility. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, you talked to you you and I were talking before we began recording. It was like at this time too, just kind of a number of things started unraveling. It's like the perfect family picture was shattered. Um, what are the things began to happen and, and unfold during this time for you and for your family?
2: Um, yeah, I feel like my mom had had, way before cancer, she had had a journey of battling a lot of mental health and depression. I see. Um, and with that some anger. Mm-hmm. And so there were already a lot of tension in some places, just like in relationship. Um, and I think that caused a lot of confusion. Right. Um, and so a lot of fear. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that all got exaggerated and blown up during this time. Just, um, mom's battle with mental health only got worse as she started treatments, Mm. uh, chemo and radiation. It only got worse. And there were seasons of, um, very aggressive anger mm-hmm. from the medication. Right. And right. so a lot of things were going on internally. Um, a lot of, a lot of fear, I would say it probably stems down to just a lot of fear, mm-hmm. a lot of guilt. I would say mm-hmm. there was a lot of guilt. Um, of just feeling like nothing you did was ever good enough and you just couldn't, you just didn't know what was wrong and you were expected to know. F- yeah.
1: It suddenly you become the adult
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they become almost the child. Yes. It's almost like a role reversal, isn't it? When yes. you have to step in. And again, here you were just a senior in high school and your faith, bega- you're, you're battling all these questions and the turmoil with your own struggle of faith and yeah. trying to figure out why did this happen and why is this happening?
2: There was definitely a lot going on in my faith. Um, there was a lot of, I would say, spiritual warfare around that. Mm-hmm. The night my grandma passed away, I went home and trying to sleep. And you can't sleep because you were there with your grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just suddenly in the middle of the night, you wake up to literally felt what felt like you were hearing an audible voice saying, you sin too much. It's too late for you. God doesn't love mm-hmm. you anymore. And I remember as that happened, just in my bed, just crying right, and just like literally reaching to the sky, being like, God, I, I don't know if you're even there, but I hope this isn't true. And, um, and then just as you heard that voice, I just remember going completely like numb and cold and not feeling anything mm-hmm. for months. Well, for a very, very long time, just going through the motions of just like making sure everything gets done. And everyone thinking that you're okay because no one knew anything was going on. I just kept it all to myself, went through the motions, um, took care of everyone, right? Never said a word about my own struggles.
1: Wow, and that, and that's, and I'm so it just makes me sad as a father to hear that about you as a, as a girl of that age trying to take care, and then also feeling like. These, these thoughts these doubts the attacks of the enemy on your mind and your heart because I know you and all of everybody who knows you knows you're a very kind very sensitive very tender-hearted person yeah you're a bit of the overachiever yeah we, we yeah we get that everybody's got to have one fatal flaw right but you know what I'm saying when to know you and then to hear that satan is telling you like you have just you're you're not loved, there's no hope for you, you've gone too far. Um the enemy is he's mean, isn't
2: he? Oh, he is yeah. He is yes, terrible, yeah. mean, cruel, cruel. I think
1: of what Peter said, he goes about like the roaring lion seeking whom yes. he may devour, you yes. know? And it seems like that's where this was going on in this stage in your life. This was like Satan using this as a prime time to, to just attack you. And like you said, you came to the point where you didn't even know if you believed in God anymore mm-hmm. and was ready to walk away.
2: And I actually, like, I actually tried at one point to walk away from God. Because um, it, it was pretty cra- During that time, though, I was so determined that, like, if God did exist and if there was a chance he could love me, then, I- goodness, I'm going to keep praying. So mm-hmm. I, like, got up every morning super early, and I would spend, like, an hour just, like, pr- trying to pray. It was usually just... Mm-hmm. I don't know, I wouldn't call it exactly praying. It was kinda of like desperate right. mm-hmm. yells or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and just did that every morning and oftentimes like the air was just so oppressive you just felt like you couldn't breathe. Wow. And then there was like finally one morning I just remember getting up and literally just like going down to the living room and praying like I always did, but just finally being like, Okay, God, this is it. I'm done. I'm walking away this, I'm done. Um, and then it's like, I heard a voice, but it was a very different voice than the one that had like woken me up in the middle of night.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just suddenly heard this very sweet voice being like, Hey, you should open your Bible. And I literally stopped. And I was like, wait, God, is that you?
1: <laughs> like, like the devil <laughs> would ask you to open your Bible, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> and literally, literally God was like, Yeah. Yeah. It's me. Open your Bible. And then of course I ask again, I'm like, but God, is this really you? And he's uh-huh. like, Yeah, yes, open your Bible. And I'm like, God, I've done the whole open your Bible trick and it doesn't work mm-hmm. like seeing who's sons of who or whatever. Like, it's not very encouraging. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> getting all the chron- chronological, yes, yes, or- yes. names and you all can't that. pronounce. Yeah, and gotcha. yep, I yep, guess, yep yeah. that
2: was yep, opening your Bible randomly is not always inspirational, that is for sure. Um, but then that time I just felt very clearly the Lord was just like, No, open your Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, but God, if if this is if this doesn't mean anything, this is it, I'm done. And I just remember opening my Bible and, you know, this is months later after like this is now like in the spring. Mom got sick in the fall. So it's been going on for a long time. Um, opening my Bible and I didn't understand the significance of the passage that I opened up to. Um, It wasn't until actually five or six years later when the Lord reminded me of that passage and had me go back. Um, But as I opened it, I literally just saw the verse um, and there came to me one and he said unto me, um, peace, um, Oh favored one. And he strengthened me. I'm not quoting it exactly, but that's like what my mind at that time. remembered. those were the phrases my mind saw. And it said, and he strengthened me. And I said, okay, Lord speak because you've strengthened me. Um, and then the Lord is like, as I read that, like suddenly it was like, none of my feelings changed. None of my questions were answered, but for a split second, the whole atmosphere in the room changed. And it's like for, for a moment, the curtain was pulled back. So I could see that there was something bigger going on than what I was stuck in. Um, and the Lord just started kind of asking me my own questions back to me very much like a job kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end I wish I could say I was me like, okay, well, all my problems are going away. Like I have no more doubts. Like I'm good. That was not what happened at all (laughs) at all. But for a split (laughs) second, it felt like I was like, okay, like God, if he does, if he is here, he does see me and maybe I can get through this. Um, and so, yeah, that that happened um, in the spring after several months of just being very yeah. lost.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So that probably is kind of like the beginning of a journey for you. Mm-hmm. So tell, take, us, take us a little bit through that journey of how did you eventually come back around to where you became a person whose faith was strong in God again? Take us on that journey.
2: It was several years um a couple years several couple something like that um it was the time finally came for me to graduate and go to college and i didn't want to go to college cuz i felt like i need to stay home and take mm-hmm. care of my mom um and my younger sister there were a lot of feelings of being a traitor mm-hmm. um in leaving but um, the, because of some of the dynamics at home at that point, uh, my dad was like, Heather, you, you have to go to college. You, you have to, you need to leave. You have to get out. Um, and so I walked onto the GBS campus, um, very, very numb. Yeah. Um, which is something probably again most people didn't realize. Never picked, up, never picked it, right. up. No one real it is really hard because you know, most people have their parents like helping them move into the dorm. I did not. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was completely unprepared for that kind of life. I'd been I lost the last year taking care of people. And, right.
1: Right. Um,
2: so anyway. I was vi- sitting in the chapels. I just remember there's still so much fear of who God was. Like I would sit there in chapels and have like claw marks in my hands from where I was waiting to be like yelled at. Um or Finally figure out what my sin was that I was committing that made God always so mad at me, which I still hadn't figured out as of that point, <laughs> you know, a year later, still hadn't figured out what my sin was wow. that was making God mad at me. Yeah. Um, and so I literally like had claw marks, but it was just like the sitting in the chapels and not receiving that. And I remember like, I was so, my relationship with God was so rocky. Like when I realized that we opened every class with prayer, I literally got irritated because like, I have to pray every time in class did anyone know that no i was always the first to give a prayer request actually yeah yeah, right (laughs) no one had any idea but then it was mainly honestly probably in your classes that i felt like god spoke to me the most which is why i'm like you have no idea how in how much influence you had in my life um just the different things you said and the ways i like the lord literally spoke through you there was like one specific time you said something in class where you were like, well, look around you. You never know how close the person next to you may be to giving up their belief in God. And I literally like felt like I melted into the floor because I was like, he's looking at me. How does he know that I'm the one? I had no clue. You right? had no idea. And I literally am just like, yeah. and then it dawned on me. It was like, wait, you mean having doubts doesn't condemn me? That was where that moment clicked for me. I was right. like having doubts doesn't condemn me maybe god's okay if i have doubts that was like a huge just like mm-hmm. we talk about that here i thought at gbs everyone had to be super spiritual or something had
1: to have all your ducks in a i had everything, everything together
2: out. and i had nothing together um and, and then yet
1: it, yet you looked it oh that's, i that's I what's was so amazing so... anybody would have thought You had it all together.
2: Everyone did. I was always known as like being, and I was like, you guys have no idea. People would come to me with their problems. I would listen. No one had any idea. Um, it was, I, yeah, I don't know if I realized how not okay I was. Honestly, I don't know if like, like lots of unhealthy coping skills. Like, I don't know if I realized how unhealthy I was or if I was just literally just coping. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there there was one time after class, like, as I'm, like, learning about God, learning about his love, hearing the chapel messages, hearing what you're saying in, like, our New Testament class and our uh, Doctrine and Practice of Prayer class and, um, like, the ways that you would cry as you would, like, read passages in the Bible and how they touched you. And I was just like, you mean those aren't condemning? I always hear everything in condemning ways, and you're just like— so you, you just always pointed out the love of God and it just literally began, it was very slow. It was very slow, like moments. It took a long time. And then there was like, I felt like the, there was one moment when I was like, okay, maybe I can actually start to move past this. Maybe this doesn't define me was one time after class, I was talking to you because you were always very good at like asking how things were with mom. Cause even still I was like. In college, I was going home every weekend to right. uh, help remember. take care of her. And then, I mean, my, yeah, like even my sophomore year of college, I after mom passed away, I still became an off-campus student to help take care of my younger sister and drive her back and forth to school. So there was still like a lot going on. But there is one moment with you when you were talking about the book of Nehemiah, I think it was Nehemiah. Nehemiah? I think it was Nehemiah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with Nehemiah. I'm I'm honestly, I obviously remembered everything you talked about in classes very well, (laughs) but it was about rebuilding the walls and about how you talked about, there was a point when God's like, okay, it's time to dry your tears, heal and rebuild the walls. Mm -hmm. And as you said that, that was literally God speaking through you to me to be like, okay, yes, I know this whole, like last year has been literally so hard. And I know like you can't see, but it is time to like dry your tears and start to rebuild and let me heal you. Yes. And it began like it, be- it was literally not f- for probably another year when I finally remember smiling for the first time, realized it was like probably more than halfway through my sophomore year of college when I remember smiling and being like, wait a second. I think God and I are okay now. When did that happen? Mm -hmm. There was not like an exact defying, like, oh, God and I are fine right now. It was like him slowly bringing Mm -hmm. healing Mm -hmm. and showing me like back to the passage that he gave me about, and there appeared to me one, and he said, peace. Like the Lord brought me back Mm -hmm. to that passage several years later. Mm -hmm. And I did not realize the context of that passage until he had me come back to it. And it's literally in the middle of Daniel 10, which is the classic, well known spiritual warfare chapter when Daniel's praying and praying and, <laughs> praying and praying and praying. and Like, I'm not getting anywhere, God. Where are you? Like, right. I'm even fasting. Like, where are you? And finally, like, an angel got through and was like, just so you know, the moment you started praying, yeah. the answer was on its way. I you, heard you just the first can't. Day, right. Yeah, I heard you the first day. And I remember, like, when God brought me back to that passage and I read it, I literally felt like I was like, Just so you know, all those prayers you prayed, I was hearing all of them and I was with you. I never left you. You just couldn't see it because of, like, everything else going on. And I feel like he just started taking me through, like, healing of memories of just, like, when this was happening, this is where I was. When this was happening, this is where I was. That time when you curled up in the hallway, like, wanting to, like, die, like, I was there. And just like being able to see him in that, and realize like, just like Daniel, I couldn't see. It took right. oh, it took a long time. That's right. Um, and so yeah, there is. It was a very slow mm-hmm. healing journey. Yeah, but he was patient because his timetable is different than ours. And we tend to think things have to be right now. And he's not like that (laughs) at all.
1: God God (laughs) doesn't work by time. No, no. And yet here you are today and God has able, been able to redeem all that. Hasn't he? And Mm -hmm. use it for his glory in your um, life.
2: Yeah. Um, I will say like probably the, the number one way that I've been able to relate to people and show people love has been through that story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it just seems like literally wherever I go, like I always find someone who just lost someone. Right. Like I'm mm-hmm. like even on the Cayman Island mission trip at like, it was a bizarre story. It has, it's a bizarre story. But like this complete, I ended up meeting this complete stranger and within like two seconds we're hugging. And then she starts proceeding to tell me about how her sister just died mm-hmm. and she didn't have anyone yeah. to talk to about it. And I was like, my mom's funeral was two weeks ago. That's something, and she and she wasn't a believer, but yeah. yet got so. It's just been interesting to me to see how God doesn't like stop bad things from happening, but He redeems all of it yes, that happens, he does. and He really does bring beauty from ashes.
1: Amen. Like I believe everything,
2: that. He does. Like it, I feel like He didn't cause any of that happen, of course, mm-hmm. but like the lessons. That he showed me, like I remember how, like my mind was blown the first time in college I heard that God wasn't a feeling. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, yeah. what?" Like he's what? not an emotion. That's like, right. Like I, I was like, I never had a vocabulary to n- describe that. But mm. reading, like I don't know, I feel like there was a point, like I was reading the screw tape letters, and I felt like there was a one point where, you know the Guys, like, well, I don't feel God, so He doesn't exist, and so the the you know the demon trainee is like, well, we don't have to do anything because God's hiding Himself from this person, and the older, wiser demons, like, no, like this is God showing him that he can have faith apart from his feelings. On the other side of this, right. he's going to be stronger. We need to get him back to where he's completely reliant on his feelings, because so long as we can control that, we can control this person.
0: And I felt truth. like
2: the yeah. Lord was literally like, the like. I allowed you to go through that so that you can realize that like your faith in me is not dependent upon your feelings. Amen. Like I am a person and I am with you and I'm not going to leave you. And, um, I'm very patient and gentle. Like, Amen. I feel like that's been one of the biggest things I've been learning yeah. is just how gentle God is. Like he's very gentle. He's so gentle. Yes,
1: he is. Well, Heather, it's been great to have you here today and to hear your story Man, we could have just gone on and on and on. There's just so many good things. But thank you so much. And I know that uh, what you've shared today is going to be a blessing to those who listen. And I want to thank all of you who are listening today. May God richly bless you. And I once again say and mean it from the depths of my heart, look to Jesus. He is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he will help you find hope
0: along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.